Welcome to this week's episode of the Executive Athletes Podcast. I want to thank everyone that has been listening and thank you for the comments and feedbacks. They are a tremendous help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited. Bear with us around the ums, you knows, and likes, but I believe that's the best way to really get to know our guest. This week's guest is a bit unique, and we've actually been chatting together for the last four or five years as he's growing his network, and I'm continuing to grow the Executive Athletes Network. But Chris Smith is this week's guest, founder of the Athlete Network, and you should check out his site at athletenetwork.com. But he started the Athlete Network because we believe um, once an athlete, always an athlete. And the challenge for athletes is they will not always be on a team or involved in, with a competitive athletic pursuit but their athletic mindset never shuts off. And this can be a good thing or a bad thing. And I know, Chris, we've chatted about that. So that's one thing I want to talk about. Um, Athletes Network's goal is to help our members or help their members understand and leverage their athlete mindset through all aspects of life. And they do that by connecting athletes to the right employers, mentors, and motivating content, which allows them to stay focused, leverage their athlete mindset, and keep competing in life. And Chris was born and raised in Hawaii, which has to be unique. And again, we'll dig into that. But he not only grew up in one of the most beautiful places in the world, but one of the most diverse as well. The aloha spirit of being friendly and willing to help anyone is in his DNA. And Chris played football for the University of Hawaii and was part of their championship season in 1999, as well as for Missouri State University, where he earned his degree in entrepreneurship and management. Uh, prior to Pro Athlete Network, he gained an extensive operational and ex- gained extensive operational and sales experience within the pharmaceutical, finance, and investment banking industries, but found himself still wanting to be a competitive athlete. Where he just recently completed his first Tough Mudder, and I think he's probably done a few other races since then. But Chris founded Athlete Network because he believes athletes are at their best when constantly immersed in a challenge. And today's online platforms are too generic and fall short in inspiring athletes to push past the status quo. But by focusing on the right athlete attributes, Athlete Network is able to inspire and fuel the members' driven lifestyles. And he has a quote here that I love, uh, you will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And that's from the famous Zig Ziglar. So Chris, welcome aboard, and I would love to just get a quick, you know, 5,000 foot overview of Chris Smith from your perspective. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Ken, and uh, congrats on all the success with uh, executive athletes. Yeah, you, uh, you did a good job there with my bio. I'm born and raised in Hawaii. I've been an athlete in some form or fashion since I remember. I grew up racing sailboats to wrestling, baseball, soccer. Um, I was one of those kids that just always had to be competing in something. And that journey uh, led to being a collegiate football player. Uh, I thought I would be a pro athlete like we all do and athletically fell short. Um, But as I went into the corporate world, I realized that even though I wasn't competing at a high level anymore, my mindset was the same. And it's such a tough transition for almost all of us and just felt there wasn't a network to support this. We're, we're a unique breed of people and we really are on a mission to kind of aggregate the world's athletes to where we're supporting that, that special mindset we all have. And tell us a bit about that mindset. Again, I remember, you know, probably six months ago, we were chatting about how the athletic mindset can help you, but it can also take you out as well. Talk to us a little bit about that. 
Yeah. So some people think I'm a little melodramatic on this, but I believe it's a disease. I've named it AM. You have AM, you have athlete mindset. And it's that voice in our head. Um, if you're a ultra runner, a marathoner, cyclist, collegiate professional athlete, just anyone who is pursuing the highest level they can pursue, you're, you're a unique individual. Then that voice that allows us to push harder, that voice that puts a lot of pressure on us, um, it can't be turned off. It's going to be with all of us till the day we leave this earth. And what I've noticed over my career is that if that voice, that mindset is not provided therapy, which would be blogs, would be podcasts like this, would be support of other individuals, um, it can be a double-edged sword. Uh, what makes us great, what allows us to push harder than most also causes us to beat ourselves up more than most. And, uh, you know, over the last decade, I've, I've been the guest speaker to both the Rio and uh, this past Winter Olympians. I've talked to thousands of pro athletes who have retired. On paper, these men and women appear to have achieved everything, and they're suffering. They're suffering from that voice inside their head. Um, so it, it's real. It, it's why the drug abuse, violence, uh, bankruptcies are so much higher among highly competitive athletes. And we just, we want to bring awareness to it and we want to bring a community that supports it because the flip side of that is if we control it, we take all that pent up energy and intensity and competitiveness and we put it into other facets of our life. We're going to be a successful, we'll be unstoppable. Right. And that's huge. I think that's probably, you, you've nailed it on the head because a lot of people don't, um, you know, they never deal with it and it's a difficult thing. I remember when I went from being a, a collegiate athlete or even just making the transition from college to real life, you know, you're sort of dumped on the streets and you have to figure it out. And yes, the athletic mindset can help, can work with you, but it can hinder you tremendously because you think all of a sudden you should be the best and the next thing you can do. And you're not, <laughs> you got to start at the bottom and work your way up. What about, you know, so when you're chatting with athletes, what are the, how have you seen athletes overcome Again, your disease, AM, athletic mindset. The, it's like all diseases. The, the first thing is you've got to acknowledge it. You've got to admit it. Um, I was doing a talk to a bunch of recently retired NFL athletes, and I had this guy who had played in the league for 17 years come up to me, and he was crying. I mean, this guy was 6'7", just a beast of a man, just great shape, you know, made a lot of money in his life. And he goes, you know, my marriage – is down the tubes and through your talk, I realized that I don't shut my AM off at night and I've been treating my wife like a teammate. I've been treating my kids like a teammate and normal people cannot handle that intensity. Um, we have to acknowledge it. It's, it's to compete, to do ultra runs or to, to do cycling marathons, triathletes play at the collegiate professional level it's such a small percentage of the population that will put themselves there. Well, we also have to realize that our mindset is different and what allowed us to do that um, makes us a different breed of human. And if we accept that, we start thinking about it and go, okay, that edge we all think we have inside of us, that, that is a real thing, um, but it's not going to go away. When you can embrace that, that's the first step of, okay, look, the reason I'm always pent up with this drive and intensity is my mindset. Now I got to learn how to, to simmer it down. So I, I'd say awareness is the first thing, realizing this is real. 
Perfect. And, and I've always said this and people have heard me in other podcasts that, you know, I'm more of an endurance athlete. I've done adventure racing and long races and that type of stuff. And I always say adventure athletes or endurance athletes are either running from something or running to something, right? It's really, and I know for me, it shifts all the time and it, it can be a mindful meditation where you can go out for a long run and that, you know, and it's great and you feel better when you come back. Sometimes you come back and it's even worse because of that drive that you just continue to drive, drive, drive. And, you know, you can screw yourself into the grounds pretty hard if you're not conscious of it. And it's just, it's always looking for that next thing, right? What's that next fix? And it could be your, your next race. It could be that next heroin fix. It could be anything. It's really, you know, I, again, talking how you said the athlete mindset, I, I, I call it sort of executive addicts as well because we're addicted to pushing the limits of seeing what we can and can't do. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a very similar similar path to an entrepreneur or an executive. It's that pursuit of greatness, it's not in a lot of people. And for most of us, we're not all blessed with an unbelievable amount of talent. It's a mindset that allows us to achieve that. And it, it's that obsessive compulsive disorder to an extent of <laughs> we got to go. But I think we've also were designed as humans to relax a little bit and and have some kind of mindfulness and you know, for me, every day doing personal meditation of just trying to calm it, take all that energy um, and put it and channel it to the pursuit um, in a positive manner is key. You know, when I was when I was young, starting my career, I did well in a sales job and went to it was a Fortune 200 pharmaceutical company. And I went to headquarters. I'll never forget it. My boss told me it was Chris, when you go there, half the people are going to love you and half the people are going to hate you. And I didn't understand what he was talking about at the time, but people aren't used to being around highly intense competitive people. And if you don't learn how to shut it off, not only is it going to wear yourself out, but it's going to wear everyone else out around you. No, it's crazy. It is. It's one of those things that you, you know, sometimes you do have to ratchet back. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, a lot of people, like I said, they're either running to something or from something and that can be, you know, depression, it can be anxiety, it can be mental health, that type of stuff. And real, just sort of realizing what, what it is and what it isn't. I actually just read a book called The Art of Fear um, by Kristen Ulmer. And she's an ex-extreme skier. And she was talking about, you know, a lot of those same things, right? Sort of those voices in your head. And once you recognize them, it allows you to perform even better and use them to your benefit versus taking you out. Like, you know, some of this athlete mindset will do, can do. Um, it's using... It's using the negative to power you forward. And I think there's a, you know, and that's a mindset shift and that many people don't want to really go after. Um, with Athletic Net or Athlete Network, you've been amazing at pulling people together. You said earlier, what, you're at 500 people in your athlete network? Well, under under 500,000, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> under 500,000. 500 people, that's like a LinkedIn connection list. Yeah. Um, but, you know, tell us how, you know, how that grew and how the people are connecting internally. Tell us a little bit about, you know, that side of, of Chris yeah. Smith and growing your business. So, you know, I, I went the Fortune 500 corporate route for a while and I just started noticing that out of pure work ethic, I was getting promotions and doing farewell, fairly well. I had my bosses ask me, what am I doing? And I would always say, look, I just work hard and I'm coachable. So it started to dawn on me that a lot of other successful people around me were either, you know, endurance runners, cyclists, um, or military, right? It was always, they were either athlete or they had a military background. And it just occurred to me that 
individuals that have grown up in that kind of structured pursuit of greatness carry it over um, a lot of times to other aspects of life. And I wanted to build a network where we could all leverage that relationship capital. Um, so uh, originally we started out to build a network that connects employers to the athlete mindset. Um, we didn't invent that. As I started talking to businesses, a lot of the leaders were guys like yourself, Ken, they're former athletes or they're currently competing in endurance races. And like, yeah, you know, I want someone with that work ethic and I want somebody that has the ability to be coached and, and trained. So originally we created a platform that uh, efficiently connected employers to that demographic. It, it hadn't existed yet. As that grew, um, our members started asking us about other members and I think your pioneers like LinkedIn have served a, a great purpose. They've taught us all the value of online capital relationships and they're great Rolodexes. But I also think as the internet continues to evolve, it's going to be similar to cable, you know, TV where you got your pioneers, like you used to have NBC, ABC, CBS, you've got Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you've got your pioneers, but then you're also going to eventually have your silos like cable channels where it's more germane to the individuals and the demographics. So we're not trying to replace any of the pioneers. We're certainly not trying to be a LinkedIn um, to, to provide an agnostic network, but we all share a tremendous bond of athletics. And if we all understand our athlete mindset and we can leverage that bond by, by networking with each other, we can accelerate goals much faster. Um, I, I've been privileged to travel abroad a lot and athletics, it transcends politics, religion. Uh, it's truly a global connector. And as we're all becoming more global citizens, imagine the power of if you want to, if you're doing business in India and you can quickly get connected to a cricket player in India, um, there's so much synergy there and there's so much relationship capital. So, so that's kind of the idea behind the, the athlete network. No, because it's, again, it's that, that same understanding of who and what, and I think a lot, it happens a lot with soldiers, right? They go, they go into battle. It's like being a team and, and really understand each other. And I think they become friends for life. And I know most of my friends are people that I've competed with in the past and, you know, want to still compete with in the future. It's a, it's a great way to connect and, really and, and really to bond and I, and I, and I think there could probably be even an artist network right there could be a musician network it's a lot of building the same synergies of sort of building the tribe and you know you're the ultimate tribe builder so I'm going to step into the, you know my next question you know so you're an entrepreneur again the ultimate tribe builder um, still competing you know a mentor to many throughout your career what do you think makes people successful you said you've interviewed thousands of athletes and thousands of executives what you know what's the common bond that makes people successful purpose and work ethic um i think that the successful people that i've met have always had a purpose behind what they're doing um and i i think that purpose isn't as obvious to most of us as we realize it's all the preparation, all the different journeys we go on, if we're self-reflective, we can start to learn there's value in it all and it's driving me towards a purpose. I, you know, quick story about it. I was on a Southwest Airlines flight and um, Gary Kelly writes his 
letter, the CEO of Southwest Airlines, and in his letter on, in the magazine, he said he played college football. So I hand wrote a letter to him um, telling him what we're doing. Two weeks later, I'm in his office in Dallas. They flew me down. Uh, I interviewed him. And I asked him that same question. And he said, successful people are, are self-aware and they recognize opportunities where others don't. And, and I think it's spot on. I think we're all presented opportunities and most of us don't even see them because we're not self-reflective. We're not constantly learning. So just that, that self-reflection allows us to find our purpose and then it allows us to capitalize on it because we're aware of it. And then we have the work ethic to put into it. I think, again, a lot of stuff is like solitaire. When you're playing solitaire, there's a move for every card. You may, may or may not know that there's a move for any card. But you always miss out a lot of times you miss out on that move and you have to be aware of it. And that card's going back into the deck and it's going to be ready for someone else who picks up. Or I've heard this other thing, you know, thoughts are things. That's right. You don't embrace the thought. The thought's going to take off from you, from your head and go into someone else's head. That's why everyone sees on TV made for TV or, you know, as seen on TV, I had that invention. I had that invention, but those people took action. That's and right. That's good. Isn't it? It's, it's sort of crazy, but it's true. What was it like? You know, you played high level football. Um, tell us a little bit about that playing NCAA football at, at the level you played at. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I, you know, played for the most of my career at the University of Hawaii, and uh, the NCAA has a really neat deal since we have such a long way to travel that they allow the really big schools an extra home game if they'll come play us. So. I got to play against the biggest schools in the country. I mean, I played against Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, USC, and um, it it was humbling. Uh, you know, almost all college athletes were the best on their high school team or growing up, you're always the best. And then <laughs> you quickly learn there's a different level, uh, a much different level than, uh, you, you know, I even thought I was at. But it was awesome. Um, got to got to experience a lot of different things. Got to play in a lot of very big stadiums. Played on ESPN a bunch. Um, but I also, in, in hindsight, realized my athlete mindset was at a test like none before. I I remember playing against the University of Arizona, and I was the player of the game, um, feeling really good about myself. And the next day on Sunday in film study, what do you think happened? Do you think they made a big deal about me? No, I got my ass ripped, right? I was under the microscope and um, it was, you know, I had about three hours to enjoy the success of it. And then it's back to pushing harder on the gas pedal because you can never relax. So um, it, it, it was a great experience, but it also uh, probably put my AM into overdrive. Well, and playing in those stadiums and having the, you know, what's it like to play in a stadium when there's 60,000 people looking at you? That's going to be, that's going to be nerve wracking to say the least, or do you just go into tunnel vision and do your job? You go into tunnel vision. Um, I, I mean, you can hear the noise, but you're, you get used to it. The, the biggest thing, the most irritating thing isn't even the stadium. It's if you're got a bunch of fans behind you. Like I remember playing the university of Utah and, these guys kept throwing ice cubes at our helmet the whole game. And uh, if you do anything as a player, you can get flagged or your coach is going to run your ass off. So you just have to sit there and take it. And <laughs> that's all. those are the things that, that bug you. But the, the, the crowd noise you adjust to, it gets you amped up. And 
you know, it was a great experience. Now that's, that has to be amazing. You know, just even just running down the hallway, I was never a team sport guy. So it's never something that is coming that I even dealt with. I remember racing my bike in plenty of places with five or six people deep on the sidewalk. And that's just, is, is amazing as well but it's nothing like that it's a uh but there's got to be a certain rush but like you said i think the noise starts canceling everything else out and you just need to do what you need to do yep you get in your zone right what about you know overcoming adversity how do you how, how have you seen again we've we were talking earlier that sort of this athletic mindset has taken out many many people how do you you know how, what have you seen people or how have you seen people overcome adversity injury or size or money or funding i'm sure those are a number of things you've dealt with too in building your own business what do you think you know, it separates the best from the rest in overcoming adversity yeah i think i think it's a it goes back to awareness i certainly have overcome injury adversity in my my athletic career uh holding a business over the last several years you know every month it seems like you're overcoming adversity but i think what sport teaches you is as long as you keep trying, there's going to be another season or another game. And I think the key to overcoming adversity is realizing we're all, we're all in season. We're all going to have seasons of life and you got to be aware. You got to know when you're in a down season or you got to also know where you're in a good season so you can appreciate it. But I think that knowing as long as you continue to work hard, you got a game plan. Um, it's going to get better is what sport teaches us. Right. And, it keeps you going. So um, I've, I've certainly, you know, I've seen so many athletes overcome adversity and channel it into either personal success or into uh, athletic success. And I, I really think that's probably one of the biggest keys of the positive side of the athlete mindset is, you know, we're going to get knocked down, but most of us, because of our AM, will get back up. No, and a lot of people actually say that's probably the best thing that can happen to it is to get knocked back down, to realize, all right, what do I need to do to become better? What do I need to do to get to that next level? Because a lot of times rock bottom is a great place to start because it's a great place to bounce off of. Um, and it allows you to sort of just sit back and reflect. I was actually just reading an article in Red Bull Magazine earlier today talking about how injuries can be the best thing that can happen to athletes because it forces them just some time off time to reflect. And because a lot of us really just start getting focused on our strengths, right? And we just do yeah. that. We do that. We do that. And it just wears out, <laughs> that, that wears out and your strengths all of a sudden become your weaknesses because you're no longer, not that you're no longer strong enough, but you've just worn out that muscle pattern or the muscles or your bones that have been doing it. And it's all right, time to, time to figure something out next. Um, and where to go now, what about, um, you know, what do you think, or this is what your business is really based on, but what role does athletics or health or wellness play in professional and personal success? Well, I think health plays everything. I think that, you know, if you're mentally stable, if you're, you're, you're got energy going, you're, you're pursuing something um, outside of work, I think it all ties back to your professional success. I mean, for me personally, that's why every two years I sign up for something. I've gone to get two black belts now. I've gotten into mountain biking. I do some of these crazy races, um, not crazy to the kind you're doing, but um, I think you, as long as you always have some kind of pursuit, you're keeping your body and your mind physically healthy. I think it's one of the keys to successful people because 
it can't work will consume you um, if you don't have other outlets. And, you know, I, I was just so fortunate and blessed to have a good boss when I was younger. He always would tell me, go, Chris, why did you have half times in football? And I, would, I was like, well, why? And he said, because it was, you, you had to take a break. You had to step back and reassess the situation. He's like, you can't go seven days a week and work or you're just going to get burnt out. And I think it's true. I think uh, it's very healthy for us all to have pursuits and keep our mind and body sharp. And that's going to be a direct correlation to, to professional success. I love that. I've never heard that, but it totally makes sense because even if you look at the Googles and the Apples and all those players, and it sounds like they want work-life balance, but what, they, what, what they're not telling you is they don't want you to leave the office to go take a nap or to get your cleaning done or get your car washed. They want you to stay there and it's become a 24 seven world. But I think, you know, it's so important to just, you know, just to continue to, to recharge your batteries. And then, like you said, it's either by going out for a bike ride or signing up for something that is completely outside your comfort zone. I think most people are afraid to, and that's really what you need to do is just sign up for something that's going to push you to a limit that, you may or may not know that you have. Um, and a lot of times you just, you shock yourself and you get into that zone. And I think that's what, uh, you know, I know in our company, there's plenty of people who go work out at lunch and just go out there and, and, and do it or they work out before or after, but it's not just a full on, you know, working 24 seven. It's here. You need to be healthy, not to be, you know, an asshole, because if you only work, a lot of times that's what you become. And, and it's what is professional success? That's the other definition, right? It's, you know, success is different for everyone. Yeah, it's so important. And I, for me, a kind of tipping point in my life is, I'm sure like you and, and probably like a lot of the audience listen to this. I was so freaking nutted up all the time, man. I was on this just mission where I used to feel guilty about going and working out at lunch. I literally felt guilty about it. And um, once I realized, wait a second, if I don't take these breaks, if I don't reset, I should feel guilty because I'm not doing my job better. It's not making me a better entrepreneur or leader within my company. And ever since I kind of shifted that mindset, I think I'm easier to be around. I don't know if all our teammates would agree with that, but I don't think I'm near as nutted up all the time like I used to be. And I think lunchtime breaks are the best if you can pull it off because your day starts again after you take that shower, right? You're ready to go. And it's, I go a lot of times I go to CrossFit at lunch or I go for a bike ride and I won't bring my phone. I don't bring my phone. Actually, I bring my phone only in case I get in trouble, but I turn my phone off and when I go to the gym, I don't even bring my phone in the gym because I don't want to be distracted. It's my time for me to you know, focus on what I need to focus on this next lift or this next 20 minutes that are going to suck like crazy. But if I can focus for 20, 20 minutes or 40 minutes of pain, then I can do anything else. And then you come back and you feel like a rock star. Yep. That's right on. I agree. It's, like it's, it's halftime. It's half. No, it totally is halftime. I'm going to, I'm going to use that for most people. And a lot of times people are like, Hey, do you, you know, do you have a lunch appointment? Can you talk at lunch? I'm like, no, I have a lunch appointment and the lunch yep. appointment's with myself. That's right. Because it's the only way you can actually get out there and do it because my wife, she can only go in the morning and it allows me to sort of break up the day by, by doing that. What would you tell someone who's a budding athlete or a master's athlete or someone that's really looking to take the next level in, in performance? What would you tell them? I, I really think it's 
relax a little bit. I think <laughs> I it's so hard. I think we overtrain. I think too many of us, you know, if you're trying to get that new PR, go to that next level. Um, I, I think you hit on it. Switch your routine up a little bit. Like don't overtrain doing the same swim or run or push. Try to, try to deviate a little bit, make it fun and relax. Because typically what I see when people try to go to that next level, because we all have that athlete mindset and we're OCD, we're going to go all in. It's, you know, we can't do anything half-assed. It's, it's, we're not going to do moderation here. It's going to be all or nothing. And then we get nutted up. We get stressed. It's difficult for our families to be around it because we're so disciplined on our diet, our training regimen. Um, I think that can be dangerous and burn us out a lot. And I think it leads to injury. So have a game plan. We got to train hard, but I also think we got to enjoy the journey, the pursuit a little bit more instead of just trying to get to that, you know, end outcome and, and relax and just have a little more fun. You know, I, my wife always reminds me like all this pressure I put, it's all self-induced. I created it. I, I, I'm the one who's pushing this hard, so I can't make life miserable for everyone else around me. That is so true, right? It's, it's sort of everything in moderation is really what I try to do. And, and, and I have three balances. Um, I have, you know, sort of my health and training as one. I have my career and then I have my family. And when you start feeling one of those sort of get out of, out of balance or the pie gets bigger on one and something gets squeezed on the other and it's trying to keep that in, in, in equilibrium. Um, sure. But that's, you know, the, the relaxation. A lot of times too, I tell people, um, that I do some coaching with, you're, you're 45, you're 40, you're not going pro, right? It's not going to matter if you're 10 pounds heavier and go enjoy that beer, glass of wine or ice cream or whatever, <laughs> or whatever you are, because that's what life's all about um, is, you know, enjoying that or enjoying it with your kids and getting your kids out there and really just trying to encourage them to do, to do that. I agree. It's, uh, so few, you know, we're coming up on a half an hour, a few rapid fire questions here. I want to, you know, get off to you, um, few things. So what is your favorite piece of gear, either workout gear or technology that you can't live without? Sure. Probably my, that's a good question. I've never thought about that. Um, I got my Fitbit, I've got my bike, um, <laughs> Probably my, my iPod, man. I got to have music. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. No, that's, yep. everyone's got their one thing. Yeah. Yep. I think mine is my, you know, is my watch, right? It's, yeah. uh, one of the new Apple watches and it's, you know, you're, it, it measures everything. Yep. Which, you know, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad because you think you're going hard and you're not. <laughs> that's right. Um, what about, you know, do you follow any specific diet? The only diet that works for me, because I was a center, so I when I played football, I was a pretty big human. The only diet that works for me, I call, is the moderation diet. Um, I've I've done all protein diets. I've done carbs. Um, what works for me is moderation. I that's the only time I can keep myself the best physically fit is when I don't overeat in any aspect and try to follow that rule of if it fits in my hand, I can eat it, which is hard for a former lineman to do. That's got to be extremely difficult. You must have lost a ton of weight from being a lineman to doing all these, doing all this stuff. Yeah. It, unfortunately it ebbs and flows. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, when I quit playing, I had got the lowest I gotten down to, I lost 80 pounds. Um, wow. 
And I mean, all I was eating then was a chicken breast and some broccoli working out twice a day, but, uh, I still enjoy lifting. So it's hard for me to, to lose too much weight when you're, when you're pumping iron, but yeah. No, that's one thing I love. I think that's, and as you get older, I think that's a key to actually keeping yourself structurally strong too. So just continue to lift. It's keep your bone mass growing. Oh, it's huge because when you, I notice when I'm not, when I'm doing too much endurance training that things hurt a lot more than when I don't, because you don't have the muscle to support, support your body. That's right. Now, what was your workout today or have you done it yet? I have not done my workout yet today. Ah, so there you go. You got to do your workout. Yep. And so where can people find you, Chris? You know, it's the athlete network, but tell us a little bit about how they can reach out to you, check it out. I'm sure many people probably will. And hopefully you'll get some audience members joining and checking, you know, checking it out for either hiring or for, you know, being part of it. Yeah. So th- there's three ways to help out athlete network. It's a free account. Um, you can register, you can become a mentor, you can contribute to our blog. Uh, we have had blog articles get over a hundred thousand unique views on them. Um, so we're always looking for people that have content about athletics and business. Um, and you can follow our company on the traditional social media channels of Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook. Perfect. Perfect. No. And, and Chris, thank you for being part of this and being part of the show this week. I think, you know, there's a lot of insight. I'd love, you know, we could probably talk hours about this athlete mindset and maybe we'll get you back on chatting about that. But again, thanks for being part of it. And if anyone has any questions, comments, or concerns, and like to give any feedback, free fail to email me at Ken at executiveathletes.com and go out and crush it this week. Thanks again, Chris. Thanks, Ken. Have a great day. Perfect.